Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning. Man, it is team day. We are excited that you are with us and want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, be open to how God might speak to you this morning during service. Um, And next week, I got a highlight. We have Baptism Sunday. We want to encourage you, if you haven't been baptized yet, come on out. It's going to be a great time, and it's a life change that we like to celebrate together as a church. Well, today, I want to talk to you about the benefits of joining the team the benefits of joining the team. Now, we like to have a little fun around here. You maybe saw when you walked in some of the tailgates, that really good looking Cincinnati Bengals tailgate. Like, woo, I don't know what genius came up with that, but that was on point. And then that Michigan place, oh, oh, no. But anyways, so we like to have fun. Team, teamwork, sports. It's NFL kickoff today, but ultimately, you know, it's not about actual sports. It's not about NFL teams. It's not about your favorite baseball team, your hockey team. It's really about one team. And today I want to talk to you about joining that one team, and that's Team Jesus. Team Jesus. Now, Jesus speaks pretty potent about it, that there's really two teams. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, he says this, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So if we like it or not, there is a line drawn down the sand that says, are you on Team Jesus or are you on the other team? We don't necessarily like to maybe handle that, digest that, because that can be pretty alarming, that can be pretty trying to us because we like what we like and we don't want to let go of what maybe we need to let go of. But it's not just a one statement thing that Jesus makes. He actually makes this pretty redundant. He says again in John 15, 18, to his disciples, to his closest friends, he says, if the world hates you, strong language, remember that it hated me first. He continues on, the world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. So if you're for Jesus, then you have a relationship with him. You're on team Jesus. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're on what I like to deem as team world. So the question we have to be asking ourselves today, this morning, is what team do I want to play for? Do I want to play for Team Jesus, who ultimately at the end, when it's all said and done, has a a, a great victory, or do we want to kind of keep flirting with this other team that might not pull through, or in essence, if you know the end of the story, doesn't pull through? So I, I, I... declared and said, and if you're familiar with your word, you know Jesus wins, right? And maybe you're illustrative in your mind and you like to have a visual. I'm a big visual aid kind of guy, if you haven't picked up it by now. And if I could pick a team color that Jesus would pick, 
it would look something like this. And I want to, you know, draw your attention. It would be something, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that orange and black and it'd be looking good. It would look something, it would feel something. Jesus would be like, these are the kind of colors that I want in my life, you know? All right, maybe he doesn't actually care about football, but he does care about you and he cares about me and he cares what team we play for. So the benefits of joining the team, I wanna give you four of them this morning. The first one is this, it develops a personal discipline. Whenever you join a team, what you are doing, you are committing to that team. Before you can get better on the team, before you can get your place on the team, before you can earn credibility with your teammates, what are you doing? You are committing to the team. A lot of people wrestle with that. They, they want to know what position they're gonna play, how it's gonna look, when the schedule is, how everything is gonna be mapped out, cookie cutter, easy breezy. But the first thing that we have to do is saying, I'm gonna commit to the team. Acts 2.42, we see the very first church kickoff. Look what happens. All the believers devoted themselves. Devoted themselves. See, when it comes to devotion in our lives, are we committing to do what is required? See, living a disciplined life is hard, right? It's not easy. See, when we're choosing to say, I'm going to be on team Jesus, it means we're going to attend the practices. It means we're going to serve or play the position that isn't as glamorous as some other positions. It means we're going to work hard outside to be better and to make the team better than just sanctioned gatherings. We choose to have a good attitude. See, whenever we're coming and being a part of the team, we're saying, I need to discipline in my life. If you're familiar with football language, we talk about it like this. We talk about how it's moving up the depth chart. Moving up the depth chart. First, it's I'm going to commit to being a part of regular services. I'm going to commit to not just being an attender, but I'm going to get involved. Now, each and every one of us, we're in different layers of what it means to developing personal disciplines in our life. Some of us are great regular attenders, but there might be some areas we need to improve on. Maybe we need to get further involved. We have culture course coming up. We have opportunities to serve. We have opportunities to give. We have opportunities to join the group. See, whenever it comes to joining Team Jesus, when we're developing these personal disciplines, it's not being content with just being a placeholder on the team, but it's where we're at moving up the depth chart with the team. No one likes to play on a team and always be the last person, the end of the bench, never getting in the game. It's not healthy for us, it's not healthy for anyone who's associated with the team, and it's not healthy with our spiritual walk and our faith journey. Jesus wants not you just to settle, but you to continue to go and see what you need to evaluate in your life to move up the ladder in a, in a, in a sense. It's this idea of what we call in the big theological terminology is sanctification. That hopefully the older you get, the more relationship that you have with Jesus, the further you've developed into a growing, loving relationship with him. 
that you were better now than you were back then, that your language is better tame than it was back then, that some of the things that interest you now it, were different back then. We have to continually talk about when we develop this personal discipline in our lives that the first church devoted, they committed. Sometimes we have to commit, we have to devote, we have to be willing to take a step, even though we don't know where that step is going to take us. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says this, no discipline is enjoyable. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this right way. Now, we have to come to this understanding, the Hebrews writer is saying that there's discipline that maybe we have to have as parents. There's discipline that we have to have whenever we're leading, but in a sense, no discipline is enjoyable. Personal discipline isn't the most enjoyable, yet it's essential to helping the team win. So benefits of joining the team it begins with developing personal discipline. This man by the name of LeBron James, you're familiar with him. There's going to be a lot of sports analogies today, so bear with me. It's team day. And if you like LeBron or if you don't like LeBron, this guy has spent $1.5 million on his physical body so he can be the best premier athlete in his sport. Can you imagine that, that kind of investment? I don't care who you are, how much money you have, that is a lot of money. Now, LeBron, it might be a little bit different because it's a drop in the bucket for him, but in a sense, he is making that commitment to live a disciplined, trained life from his diet to his training to his working out, whatever the case might be. As followers of Jesus, whenever we're entering into this team, what we're saying is, I'm going to commit to be disciplined. I'm going to commit to be a tender. I'm going to commit to joining a group. I'm going to commit to giving. I'm going to commit to serving. I'm going to commit to disciples making disciples. It's not just consumeristic on our side, but it's saying, I'm going to help someone in their faith journey and move them along to the next step in their faith journey. It's not a what's in it for me, it's a how can I help the team win. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he put it this way, he says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All the athletes, oh man, there we go. Woo, team day. So run to win. All the athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I am not just shadow boxing. In verse 27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. When we are on a team, we're accountable to the person to our right, to our left. It develops a discipline in our life. Number two, another benefit for joining the team is very similar to our first point, but actually it's more so in our mind. It's building mental toughness. Building mental toughness. That's what happens when we join a team. When you're on a team, you're committing to replacing your personal thinking with the priority of the team. 
You're saying it's not about my benefit, but it's about the benefit to my neighbor to my right and the neighbor to my left. What can we do effectively as a church to reach Southwest Florida? That's what we have to ask ourselves. See, one team, Team World says, you feel the way you want, that's cool. You do what you have to do, that's fine. We support you in your truth. Let your truth be your truth. And you'll get applauded, you'll get a handshake, you'll get a high five. Team Jesus tells us that we need to change our thinking. That we aren't to be individuals that are content with what is, but we have to actually have to adjust the way our mind thinks, our way our mind operates. Now, I don't think today would be appropriate if I didn't come over here and give props and give acclamations to this individual who I find to be mentally tough. Now, you guys might know him, but I think this individual right here is extremely tough. Now, this is Aaron Rodgers. Now, in Aaron Rodgers' life, like, you know a lot about his life. It's almost alarming how much you know about his life. It's kind of fascinating. And also mentally tough, he's wearing that green and yellow. Like, I don't know who would pick those colors out of the closet, right? And then like his fans, they have a big cheese head on their heads. And it's like, woo, like talk about a guy that's mentally tough. See, this guy can be as mentally tough when it comes to the game of football. You and I should be mentally tough when it comes to following Jesus. Joining a team helps us become mentally tough because people are going to come in our lives and they're going to talk to us and they're going to say things. There's going to be critics. There's going to be trying times. There's going to be moments when you want to give up, when you're down and out, where you're displaced where the world, team world, is telling you one thing and really Jesus is saying something else to you and always has said something else to you. Acts 2.47, or 2.42, excuse me, goes on and says, all the believers they devoted committed themselves to the apostles, what? Teaching. It's this understanding that we have to continually be teaching ourselves, training our mind in the way we think, looking at how we're operating, saying, hey, am I renewing my mind to become strengthened in the Lord? Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind, that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I like how one of my favorite commentaries puts it this way. He said, J.B. Phillips, he says, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. There's numerous times when you're signing up to be on the team. You have to be asking yourselves, am I sharpening my mind? Am I renewing my mind? Lord, am I leaning into your call and your will in my life to what is good? It's very easy to say, I'm going to fit this mold. Team world makes everything look really enticing, really good, really welcoming. As we follow Jesus, he's working in our life, and he's saying, you don't want to squeeze into that way, but you want to renew your mind to think a new way. 
See, when it comes to joining this team, it's about what's taking place up here, to be mentally tough. A benefit is this, when we leave this place, when we go into our workplace, when we're by ourselves, that we have people that we worship with, that we pray with, that we connect with, that we eat hot dogs with after service, who we have fun together and say, hey, I'm not alone. I can be mentally tough because I got other people who are marching hand in hand, foot in foot, step in step with me. See, sometimes it, is, it, it can be vital in our Christian walk when we are individuals who might be some of the most mentally depleted, lacking joy, struggling with a lot of hang-ups. And not saying there aren't those, but our thinking when it comes to joining the team starts to change for the better when Jesus is a part of our life. We renew our mind. We get into the Word. What's the Bible say about marriage? What's the Bible say about my relationships? What's the Bible say about discipleship? What's the Bible say about connectivity and and fellowship? What's the Bible say? How am I changing the way I'm thinking? It builds mental toughness. I was watching the other day college football couple weeks ago. It was ECU versus North Carolina State, and the game came down to the wire with this young man. He's only maybe 19, 20 years old. He's a kicker, and he lost the game essentially is how many people would describe it. He had two chances to kick a, a point after a touchdown or, or also a, a, a field goal to win the game, and he misses them both. The cameras pan to the audience, and they look at the audience, and you see these people, the language coming out of their mouth, their disgust in the individual. How could that guy make us lose? And I remember specifically, as I'm sitting there watching this game, and it was down to the wire as a top 25 matchup, and, and I'm looking at this game. And you just start thinking to yourself, how mentally tough does that guy have to be? He's going to go back to school the next couple days, and people are going to say, you lost the game. His head's going to be hanging low. He's going to be down. He missed an opportunity, and yet here's the thing. He's going to get back out there the next week, and he's going to perform and do well. See, sometimes we have to ask ourselves in our moments, what's been said? What's challenged us? What have we gone through? Are we willing to get back out there and keep remaining and trusting and leaning into the Lord for our strength, for our hope, for Him to lead us, for Him to teach us, for Him to guide us? See, I feel for people and kids, especially this day and age, they're coming up, social media, it's very easy to have critics. That's why for us, the more we renew our mind, the more we get into God's word, the more we can push away critics and say, God, I'm going to continue to trust in Jesus Christ. And we have to continue to lean that way, continue to join the team so we know that we're not in this by ourselves, but we're in this as a collective church. And number three, another benefit is this, it creates camaraderie, creates camaraderie. I like this word, camaraderie. It's not necessarily a a popular word we use, but I played small college basketball, and some of the best moments 
when I played, it was never about the big game, the big shot, the big rivalry, but some of the best moments that I've ever had was remembering the road trip that I would take with my friends, my teammates, remember the experiences, the instances that happened. That was what some of the best memories were. So now when I see these gentlemen, when we come together, you know what we talk about? We don't talk about the game. We don't talk about the rivalries. We talk about, hey, you remember that one time in practice when such and such did this thing and we all start laughing? You remember when that person got in a fight and kid you not, they're pastors now, you know? That's what triggers. That's what goes through the mind. When you're joining the team, if you know it or not, you're brushing shoulders. You're creating a camaraderie with people to your right and to your left. When you're serving with somebody, I walk in and I see greeters and they're high-fiving, they're handing out hand, handouts and, and they're saying hello and welcome. You might not know that person to your right or left, but what you're doing is you're creating a camaraderie with them. You're creating a relationship with them. When we had our group leaders lunch and people are in there and they're talking about their groups and different ways they're gonna lead, we're creating a camaraderie. Camaraderie is a spirit of friendship, unity, a shared experience. Whenever we're joining the team, we naturally get camaraderie. A lot of people, they say the two greatest ways someone is choosing a church now, post-COVID, according to Tony Morgan Unstuck Group, they said this, first, it's children's ministry is big, parents want their kids to connect, and two, relationships. That you and I have to continue to work to have relationships, camaraderie with one another. When you're serving, you're creating that. Acts 2.42, we see this word, it's key. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? Fellowship. We see this word in Greek koinia, and it's this partnership, it's shared experience. You might not be best friends with someone to your right or left or ever, whoever you're serving with in youth or kids or creating a group with, but what you're doing is having a shared experience. And when something happens, you can be like, hey, you remember when that happened? I love listening to the stories of what happened with different events that has happened here throughout our history and remember, man, that's camaraderie, it's fellowship, it's shared experience. I look forward to the years ahead when we look back and we say, wow, what's taken place? What's happened? See, when the disciples, when they were called, they all had different backgrounds, yet God used them as a great team. Jesus empowered them, equipped them to take the gospel and to go into all the world. Some were fishermen, some were tax collectors, some were doubters, and yet they had fellowship together. Can you imagine some of their experiences? Look in 1 John 1, 7, it says this, but if you are living in the light as God is in the light, then have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us all from sin. So it doesn't matter what kind of background you have when it comes to having a relationship with Jesus. Think about these guys, the very first apostles. When we look at this church in the book of Acts, they saw Jesus feed thousands of people with bread and fish. They saw Jesus walk on water, calm storms, ascend to heaven. They see Jesus raise this man by the name of Lazarus from the grave. They say Jesus healed blind men, lepers, people who are lame. They see Jesus outsmart the smartest people 
in the land. Can you imagine being in that scene when you're a disciple and you're sitting there and you're watching Jesus do his thing? You're like, man, I know you were a tax collector. You probably robbed me a time or two. I know I was a fisherman, but hey, when you're together and you're watching Jesus, it's a shared camaraderie that they have. It's a shared experience. It's a fellowship. It's a moment that they say, you know what? It's all about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. When we join the team, I can connect with people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and I can be confident that Jesus is the reason we can do that and that he can do so much in our lives that we can't even imagine, fathom, and think about. And we should be grateful for that. Galatians 3, 28 through 29 there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. See, right now we see this dissension, we see this divide. Team world says one thing. Team Jesus says, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you sound like. I don't care your background. When you come to know a relationship with Jesus, you're on the winning team. When the world says, hey, you know what? You don't think like me, so I don't like you. Hey, hey uh, if you believe like me, then maybe we can talk about how we can get along and hang out. There's this instant divide, two different perspectives that we have. I want to encourage you, brush shoulders with people, get involved from people of different backgrounds who look different than you, talk different than you, be open to how God might use that relationship in your life. And then another benefit, our last benefit for us this morning when it comes to the reason we should join the team or the benefits of being on the team is this, it helps us see the bigger picture, helps us see the bigger picture. Whenever you join a team, what you're doing is you're signing up to say, hey, you know what? There's something bigger and beyond myself. I'm putting personal preference aside, and I'm saying I'm going to do whatever the coach, whatever the teammate, whatever the leader of that team asks. John 15, 13, verse 14 just said this, is there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. When Jesus leads, he demonstrates bigger picture. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to their fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. Call this communion. That's why we take it. That's why we receive it together as a church, because when the disciples in the first church would come together, they would think to themselves, they would say, why are we doing what we're doing? We know Let's do this in remembrance of who Jesus is. They reflected on Jesus' love, on Jesus' sacrifice, on his blood, on his new covenant. They always came together and they said, you know what? Let us never forget our why, the big picture. This man by the name of Peter, he was essential in Acts. And we see after the Holy Spirit descends on the church, but Peter is a new man. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he goes on and he preaches the very first message in the, in the new church in the book of Acts. And he's challenging, and he's bold. This man that was a coward is now this man that is a leader within the church. 
I can't imagine what Peter would endure. There's test, uh, the, the legend goes where Peter, how Peter loses his life and the persecution that takes place that the first century church experience was excruciating where Christians would literally be dipped in oil and, and lit on fire and, and put throughout the streets so people would recognize that, hey, you follow Jesus, this is what's gonna happen to you. Can you imagine living in a time like that where your belief would lead to that kind of end result? But see, when they would come together, they'd have this meal, they would think, they'd be praying, and they would say, you know what, let's never forget the why. Let's never forget what Jesus has done for us. When we join the team, we're connected to a bigger picture that when life gets hard, it gets pressing, and we're saying, let's never forget the why. Let's never forget who Jesus is in each of our lives. Because there's moments where you're gonna be down and out. You're gonna be hurting, you're gonna be in pain. And you look over, and you see other brothers, sisters, you see other friends, colleagues, people who have camaraderie with you, and you say, hey, they're praising, they're worshiping encouragement it's beyond us it's beyond just one of us it's a collective effort we join the team we see these individuals they go on to use their talents in the book of acts to spread the love and the the love of jesus and in ephesians 2 10 apostle paul he puts it this way for we are god's masterpiece he created us anew in christ jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. That you and I have different gifts, talents, abilities, traits, characteristics to be used to help further the big picture of the team. Some people can sing, some people can smile, some people are very technology advanced, some people are great communicators and are great one-on-one -on -one or leading groups, some people are great with kids and youth, and the list goes on and on, but whenever we connect with the team, whenever we join the team, it keeps a renewal, a refresher in our mind that it's beyond us, there's a bigger picture, that it's not just us here in North Fort Myers, but it's globally how do we advance God's church and may we never forget that we have an x factor that there's something beyond what you and i are capable of doing but we have a lord and savior who sees us who hears us who listens to us and works on our behalf in acts 242 all the believers they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. They remembered the why and then this, and to prayer. That's why we have a midweek prayer service. That's why coming together, we have prayer at the end of our service. Because we know and we believe this, that prayer is what can change things. Fundamentally speaking, personally and, and even scripturally, some of the greatest mistakes we ever mean is, look, God wills it, that's what it is. But we pray so that God can work his will on our behalf. Because think about it. If we say, oh, God just wills it, that is what it is, my destiny is always written, carved in stone, etched out, I don't need to pray. 
But whenever we have this relationship, when the church would come together and they would pray, God would go before them. The Holy Spirit would come upon them. God would lead them into a way that is something they couldn't even envision themselves. It said there's moments in the book of Acts when they would pray and the Holy Spirit would come that the place would shake, that people would be saved. A crippled man gets up and he runs around and 5,000 people come to know Jesus really quick right at the beginning of the church. We have an X factor. If you've played sports, you know that there's moments that some individuals carry the X factor quality. But you and I, when we're on team Jesus, we always have an X factor on our side. So when you're going through your life and when you're challenged and the world is saying, hey, fit in this mold, are you asking yourself right now, am I believing in the great I am? The one that can go before me, the one that parted the waters, the one that stopped the sun in the sky, the one that's walked on water, the one that's conquered death in the grave. There's moments we have to ask ourselves, do, do we really believe the X factor is on our side? Matthew 18. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. See, when we connect to the team and we're joining the team and we're saying, I'm committing to the team, I believe in joining and having fellowship with the team, I believe in remembering the why of the team, when I remember who Jesus is, that we're coming together, that we're house of prayer, that we know that whatever might be our limitations, God can go beyond our limitations. Whatever might be our ceiling, he raises that ceiling. I'm reminded of that this week. It's been a unique week. And I say this, About a year ago, we thought my mother was gonna pass away. She's watching online, she had a mom. I told myself I'm not gonna cry. I even rehearsed this part in the message because I just wanted to kind of get through it, you know? Uh, and sometimes I'm like, God, man, they, they strike chords. You know, guys get up here, they cry, whatever. So I'm trying not to cry, but here I am crying, so it tells you how good that does. And my mom's watching online and about a year ago, I thought my mom was going to pass away, plainly speaking. Um, and so, we've just been praying. Uh, she's had failed kidneys, kidney disease, and it's been really hard this past year. Seeing my parents, seeing my mom. And uh, we didn't know how we were going to kind of process, you know, like you get to a certain point where you're like, hey, you know, Sometimes I'm, I'm an adult child now. Like, I got to figure this out. But your parents are still your parents, and it still hits home. And uh, we've been praying, and every night before we go to bed, I got two little guys, and they come to get, hey, we got to pray for mom. We got to pray for Grammy. They hop on the bed, and they're, they're praying, and they're like, yeah, be with Grammy's kidneys. Like, they have no idea what they're talking about. It's very unique. 
And uh, so we've been praying. And I say this because, trust me, it gets better. Uh, this past week, we were out of town and left my parents, my, my father, with our two boys. And we get this phone call. Hey, there's a kidney available. And I'm like, well, we're out of town. Like, and what's going on? Like, this is the worst kind of timing. And, and finally, we, we talked to him. And my mom hops on the phone. And she's like, hey, you know what? I'm watching the kids. This is like my mom to like a, she's like, I'm watching the kids. I don't want you guys to be bothered. And I'm like, mom, we've been praying about this for a whole year and some change. Like, it didn't look good. They didn't think it was going to happen. Didn't think she was going to qualify. Didn't think any of this stuff was long story. And it was exponentially expedited. And 17 months later, she's in the hospital, doing pretty well, just had a kidney transplant. And we sit there and we are just like thanking God because things are looking pretty great for her right now. Like something that we never thought honestly could be done. I remember sitting every night, sitting with my boys, being inspired that they just had this faith, this faith, this faith, this prayer, this prayer. And as parents, we start praying and we start praying and we start praying. And then when we're praying, God starts working, God starts doing things because God sees us. And I know there are many of you in this place who have something going on in your life. I wanna encourage you, keep praying, keep believing, keep having the faith because when you think you can't do it, God can. reminded time and time again when we see this in the book of Acts that prayer changes things when you join the team you see the bigger picture you see beyond yourself you see beyond these walls you see beyond our city you say that there's people who are lost who are hurting there are people who need a hope and a savior there are people who need a real divine encounter with a life-changing God that can be something they never thought they would have in life. And that is hope, that is love, that is grace, that is peace in their life. So church, wherever you're at, I wanna challenge you with two things. First, if you haven't committed to have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to take that step. Join Team Jesus. You can do that by simply filling out a communication card and saying, hey, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. You'll hear from our team. We'll take that step with you. They're in the lobby. Or you can fill them out at faithnfm.com. Or two, maybe you're in here right now and you're on the team. But there's another step you need to take to work your way up the depth chart on the team. Maybe you need to flip over to being a disciple maker. Maybe you need to join a group. Maybe you need to make attending church consistent in your life. Because listen here, we have one life to live. How are we going to make heaven more crowded? Who are we going to reach with the good news of our Savior, Jesus Christ? So let's join the team together today. If you'll bow your heads, we're going to close in prayer, and then I have a few closing remarks. God, right now, you see the hearts in this room. We pray for each and every heart in this place. Those who are 
indecisive about joining the team who are trying to figure out what it means to be on team Jesus, who are wrestling with the conflict of team world or team Jesus. God, I pray right now that you move in their lives, that they have a divine encounter, a real encounter, a God move in their life, Lord, that they commit to the team, that they join the team, that you take them from where they were and move them to where you want them to be as they start a relationship with your son, Jesus. God, I also pray for those in this place who have been a little stagnant in their walk, their commitment to their team. Maybe they've lost passion. Maybe they're just going through the motions. Maybe they're just checking the boxes. Whatever case that might be, I pray a vibrancy in their life, a renewed passion, a renewed heart in their life, Lord, that they don't want to settle, but they want to be thinking, how can they make heaven more crowded, that they don't just show up to the practice, but they actually participate and get better to play in the game, Lord. God, today as we celebrate and we have fun, we know we give you every moment of our life, every decision we give over to you. We give you this time and we give you our hearts and our minds and our souls at this moment. And in your great and holy name, we all say in this place, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.